Welcome along to West Side Stories, number five, the podcast. So a special hello to you casters of pod. And aha, this week we've hit actress Jackpot. Antonia Preble is with us. Hello. Re- Rita West. She's Good. in the house. She's, She's in the house. She's now really in the house, not on the driveway. And it's going to be thrilling speaking with you. Oh, thank and you. First up, you wouldn't have trouble, I would imagine, too much while well, Westside screening, going to the local countdown and people saying, oh, 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 it's Rita West, because you look so different. <laughs> I do, sans wig and eyelashes and boobs and heels and leather. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I guess because of outrageous, I looked more like Loretta than I perhaps do Rita, but I guess that familiarity is already there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get recognised a fair amount, but it's fine. People often just yell outrageous at me. Yeah. Like, that's my name. Oh, outrageous. Really? Hey, outrageous. <laughs> hey, outrageous yeah. lady. Yeah, I'm like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also today we'll be speaking with Marty Smith, who's in the studio. Say hi, Marty. Uh, and you're the DOP. I am, and I make a good second fiddle today. What does a DOP do? What does it stand for? The DOP is the director of photography, and or sometimes they're called a cinematographer. In the last few years, everybody who, get, who shoots anything has sort of become called a cinematographer. Um, it's, a, it's a film term. Well, cinema. What's the difference between that and a cameraman? A cameraman will generally, if you're doing a magazine sort of show or a documentary, a lighting cameraman will be the person. It's someone who operates the camera or has the camera, but they do the lighting as well. So that's a very, it's a very small part of it. The camera operator is the person who operates the camera on mm. set, one of the cameras on set. Most of the sets that I work on, I like to have two cameras so that I can have another camera that is getting bits that aren't necessarily the main... Sometimes they are the close-up. they generally the close-up of the, of the actors, actually. The other camera will do the wider shots. But also, that camera, the B camera it's called, it can be used for shots that take a little bit of a risk. That's not the core business, and okay. you're looking for little magical moments that might happen or, or might not happen. And if hmm. it doesn't, if it doesn't work, it's not such a big deal. But um, do you stick your eye through the camera and say, "Oh, I quite kind of like the look of that." Carry on, or is that what you do? Uh, yeah, I do. Sorry, I'm thick. Yeah, about I do. This stuff. I do. Also, also, my job, my job as director of photography is basically the whole look, everything that goes through into the camera. All the image is my responsibility. The way it's so lit. you're the one that makes the decision to make it look kind of like an orange sunset quite frequently. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's in charge. Marty's the boss of the set of what it looks like. Does he boss all you, the time? Does he? Oh God! Welcome to my world. <laughs> I've worked with Marty for twelve years now, and oh my God, I really hate his guts. <laughs> and it's just because a DOP has to be so fussy and finickety. You're the visual nerd. Yeah, Antonia, you're off your mark, Antonia. Oh, oh you just need to just one well, just oh, if you just look down, I think you might find well, that more, you might be off your mark. No, more often it's Tony. Can you just step right onto your mark? <laughs> yeah, he tries to do it positively to make it feel like it's not a mistake, but I know what he's doing. There, there's a certain amount of dogma with what I do, but I, I prefer to stay pragmatic with it as well. In some mm. ways, I can get things that things don't always fit into a nice, mm. tidy box. Some um, might say, if you know what I mean. Acting, for me, is like a mysterious art. Hmm. I don't know how people do it, as mysterious as being a front row forward or or a magician. I went to a dance show. Mm -hmm. They practice every day. They go to class. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of, okay, I know how you got to do that. Do you practice acting? Uh, Yeah, I do. I 
go to a lot of classes. I don't have a daily practice of acting on a day-to-day level, although I've often thought I should, and it would be quite good to be quite disciplined about it, because acting is one of the only art forms where you don't practice every single day. Yeah. Because it's there's this philosophy amongst some actors and various schools of thought that it's just instinctive and you're just in the moment and present and when it's done well it looks really easy so what is there to practice but right. that's a total fallacy and there's right. so much you can practice and get better at so yes I'm a, I'm a bit of a glutton for acting study and I didn't go to drama school ever I just started because I sort of I was gonna say I fell into it I didn't fall into it I was very, I very proactively sought it out right. but from having no practical study experience so whenever I have the opportunity to study, I do. So I, I spend quite a bit of time in America, and I studied with quite a few teachers there. Um, in Paris, I went there a few years ago to do some study there. Oh, the eel in the mud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to be a lot of different animals when I was in Paris. Oh, that, God, that they do that, do they? Yeah, yeah, and elements, colours, or things like that. What yeah. animal did you pick? Aphid? We had to do a few, but it turns out that I'm way better as a chicken than a lion, for oh, example. Oh, they're showing your strengths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the My mouth wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Having worked in Europe and the USA, do you notice a New Zealandness of being on a New Zealand set, New Zealand actors? Um, I th- we're more casual, actually, about it. I think people here do less study than overseas. I think part of that is to do with we are a relatively speaking a, speaking a burgeoning industry and there's not a lot of history to it. No. When I first went to America for the first time, one thing I noticed, which I really enjoyed, uh, was how much respect there is for acting, the, for the art form of acting, and people are really striving to master it as opposed to just do it and it's going pretty well, so I'll just keep on doing what I've done. Yeah. Uh, this is that is a generalization and it's not the case for most for all actors but i i loved i loved the culture and the respect and kind of scholarship around acting and performing that is in okay. america yeah and europe being one of those weird art forms that some people as you kind of alluded to they can just glide into it seemingly effortlessly yeah is that, does that a sense of envy that people can do that without doing all that bloody absolutely work. yeah absolutely bastards and it is I mean is it is an interesting thing I guess with any art form you, an artist a singer a, a writer you, you can just be extremely talented at it but that's for very few people but I, I mean I, I think about this often you know there are so many different ways of doing it some people have never had a lesson in their life so I think it's just a, a combination of talent and how in touch you are with your own humanity actually and, oh. and therefore how much you're able to reflect other people's and embody other okay. people's how how honest you are you're prepared to be about yourself that is a big part of it so there's kind of layers of it there's techniques that you can learn that are sort of sit on sit on the surface of it but i think some people if they're just really kind of in themselves and in their humanity they can kind of just do it there's less resistance and less blockages whereas most of us and definitely including me have more resistance and blockages and so therefore need to strive and keep learning to get get rid of those oh man speaking with you i get the distinct impression that i am really not at all with rita west yeah (laughs) you really take on something else don't you yeah that's one thing i really really love about acting and I, what I feel very privileged to have been able to experience in my career is um, the chance to play really dynamic, interesting characters that are very far from how who I am or how I how I present myself. I it suppose, was a sideways world. compliment. No, I know. I take that. Great. I absolutely take No, I 100% take it as a compliment. 
I love the process of, of transformation in order to play a character. That's really, really fun for me. Okay. Yeah. Did you pick Marty to come along with you today? I did. Wait, how, why, how come? Marty's my friend. <laughs> no, Marty, I love Marty. We've been working together for 12 years, and he's yeah. one of the funniest people I know who makes sets so much fun for me. We just spend... Sets. I didn't say, yes, hits. He makes S-E-T very fun for me. <laughs> you, well, you can see you're getting the sort of sense of how what happens every single day. So, no, we have a really good time, eh, Maddie? We just get on set and get on set and laugh a lot all day. We do. I mean, it's, I, my, my friendship with Tony sort of stems from the way that I like to work with actors, apart from the fact that we get on, but part of my job is to create an environment on set. So it's really important that, yeah, that there is an environment there that the actors can do what they want. And sometimes, yeah, we turn to humour yeah. to break situations up. Yeah. Can I give that an example? Go on. Okay. The jelly bean one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what I'm going to say. So on the most recent, I mean, this is just, I feel, completely demonstrates the kind of environment that Marty creates on set and the sort of relationship that we have. Um, so Dave and I were involved in a activity in the bedroom and which are I mean actually they're not too weird now because we've had to do so many of them but you know it's yeah. not it's not just run of the mill it's sort of a, it's a thing and there has to be a certain you have amount to of... assume the position and there aren't many clothes yep. right Ab- yep. exactly and you're simulating this thing anyway so I was astride Dave and we had to sort of stay like that for quite a long time as things were set up and which is kind of you know slightly awkward and then anyway we did one take and then stopped and then marty was like hey guys look at this and i'm still on, on top of dave got out his phone and showed us this hilarious video of youtube of this, these two kids eating jelly beans and one of them one was skunk one of the jelly beans was skunk flavor <laughs> yeah so had it and then it just starts projectile vomiting everywhere and it was so funny and we were all just in hysterics and then the first lady's like all right everyone ready and marty's like oh better put the phone away and action kind of straight back into it and it was just such a kind of paradox of two different things going on but it was really funny. I wouldn't do that necessarily with actors that I hadn't spent so no. much time yes, with. Yes, that's very true. They're trying you, to stay in role while seeing kitties projectile vomit while you're <laughs> Absolutely. pretty much and that's, and that's, naked. That's, that's part of it actually. You know, I, 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 do, I tune all of that stuff to, you do. to, very to, well. to what the actors yeah. are doing or what the material is and even what the crew are doing because, yeah. We need we need to need to keep keep the tempo up and keep everybody in their in, right. in their good place. We're speaking with Antonio Preble, Rita West, and Marty Smith, the director of photography, and he's going to tell you what you're doing wrong at home. Oh, we'll Ooh. do that in, in a mo. Hey, outrageous lady! Favorite memories from outrageous. Outrageous fortunes. Oh gosh, favorite memories. I'm so crap at these questions. Whenever I'm asked, I never have a particularly good answer. What sort of defines that experience for me in lots of ways are the dinner scenes, the eating fish pie with the Wests around the the West table. Yeah, it seems to be like a a pillar of of that show for me. And that was always ridiculous because we'd be around this freaking table for hours because those dinner scenes took so long and inevitably would all start out, you know, kind of relatively well behaved and then we'd just just descend into chaos because everyone's going stir crazy. Crazy, and they would just be in hysterics. And Some of us still had to work. Yeah, unfortunately, it's other not, people had to it's work. Not the, it's not the crew who are in hysterics. I'm getting the picture of the dynamics here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. But yeah, they were, they, that was great and challenging in, in their own way, which outrageous was as well. You know, uh, it was a roller coaster of being yeah. very challenging and very fun. So, for, in a way, yeah, those dinner table scenes, yeah, represent that quite well. Being set in '81, 
You were not born then. No, I wasn't. You're an actress. It's your job to find out what it was like yeah. to be a woman of your cast age at, mm. that, at that time. Yeah. Yep. Well, what I found the most useful actually was in season one, uh, which is set in the 70s. I was given this documentary uh, about the new subdivision of Meadowbank, oh, which was right. a new subdivision at the time. And it was a really interesting look at the socio-political landscape and the role of women at that time. And I found that really useful because basically they were all going, yeah, I'm really bored and I'm going crazy and all I do is put out the washing and my husband doesn't appreciate me. That really helped to kind of get me in the mindset and um, I get, yeah, make tangible the challenges that Rita was facing. So 1981 was just, it was easier to get into because it was just, yeah. a, you know, a bit of a continuation of that. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking of something that was really definitive of the 80s. Uh-huh. And I recalled something that was happening with my friends in around about the middle of the 80s. Spotting. Oh, there was that. No. But we had a friend called Adrian. <laughs> okay. He yeah. Used to, he used to wear possum skin jackets and uh-huh. things like that that he made somewhere in the bush. Adrian was his name. Yeah, great. He sounds like a character. What was he, his nickname? What was his, this? Is some trivia asking asking us? His nickname was oh. AIDS. We all oh, called him AIDS. Good AIDS. AIDS. Oh, AIDS yeah. ring. AIDS has scored some pot. Yeah. AIDS this and AIDS that, and he couldn't keep up with that nickname. No, no I guess he couldn't. After about nineteen eighty nine. How interesting. Yeah. What did he What did he become? I don't know what he became. He kind of disappeared on a bus to Wanaka or something. Oh, dear. Oh, no, Takaka. That's where they disappear, isn't it? He must be a a trapper. I haven't seen him in a while. G'day, AIDS. Hi, AIDS. I hope you're doing really well, and I hope you don't have AIDS. (laughs) I really actually do hope that. I was being glib, but I really hope you don't have that. We should suggest that to James. It's a good point. Okay. Yeah. I'll give him a call. There we go. Here's the yeah. contract. Yeah, yeah, you'll get some royalties. Copyright. Great idea. And uh, with Robin Malcolm, your centre here in Westside, do you mm. have a chat with her about what it's like? Robin and I, we have a really wonderful relationship, and she was a great support for me during Outrageous because mm. a lot of times I, because at that point I hadn't done any study at all and I was sort of kind of flying by the seat of my pants and felt like I was suddenly in this environment where the the bar was so high and I, I you know, had to had to meet it and she was so supportive of me and, and taught me a lot. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I've had any specific conversations of how did you manage it versus how I'm navigating it, but um, she's always been extremely supportive of me, which I'm, yeah, really grateful for. Okay. All right, Marty. The Fusspot director of what wow. shit looks like. Oh, You're saying that we're watching television wrong. You, you occasionally go to someone's house and they say, you're going, oh, you're watching it wrong. What the? Well, I'm not watching it wrong. Uh, probably, I would say that probably 5% of people have their televisions set up so that they can fully appreciate the quality of what they are. They're 95% at. don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's when when TVs come out of the box, they're all set to vivid and they're set to dynamic and warm and all these other settings that are, oh, they're just terrible. Just grind well, your gears, well, don't we, they? Well, what, oh, what just we do, grind so when, my gears. So, yes, yes. <laughs> so when when the show's been edited, I go in with the producer and spend hours with a colorist 
the colorist is a person who it's like Photoshop for for moving images. Okay. That's when we put the final tones into everything, and we do, and we tweak everything and make everything. We balance everything out. Add the impossible orange sunsets. Uh, well, the sunsets are there. Okay. There are some good ones coming up too. Oh. Um, you just wait. <laughs> really good, and really good. Yes, that's it. And uh, <laughs> but most people's TVs are set to yeah, set to like factory settings. But please. We spend hours making it look, you know, putting putting subtleties in there and and getting tones right, and then you go and look somewhere else and you see that it's just been it's just like full bore. Everything's super bright and there's no tonality in it whatsoever. It's because of all these settings in your TV that are like dynamic noise reduction and intelligent frame creation and all of these other weird things. Turn all of that off and go into your presets and just find a cinema preset, and all of a sudden you'll see that everything just looks. So much better. So much better. That's fascinating. So if I'm watching West Side, you want me to get somehow onto cinema. Please, if you care. If people who people are listening to this Public service announcement. You care care about the show, and so there's a lot more there in the show for you. Okay. Sometimes it can go wrong when you're shooting, eh, Marty, when someone just looks really orange in a scene for no reason. Remember that? What's that? Oh, yeah, just a scene outrageous. When I was really orange, you apologised for it. It wasn't actually you, you weren't filming that day. Do you remember though? No. It was a scene in hey, uh, Jethro's office, and I'm just like really orange. Oh, maybe. Oh, like, Marty, yeah. He was like, so sorry about that. Oh, yeah, but oh. you've forgotten it, eh? Uh, yeah, I've forgotten it. It's clearly, I've clearly never Isn't remembered it since. Stuck in your craw. <laughs> I mean, I suppose every year something new comes along, a toy for you to play with, Marty, technology-wise. How much has it changed over the years, the new oh, stuff? two microphones, and then I wouldn't have to be so close to her. <laughs> um... <laughs> It changes constantly. The cameras that we're using now are the same cameras that every other series around the world has been shot on. Yeah. The, the Red Epic is what we use. It's my favourite. Whereas 15 years ago, shows, were, we just couldn't compete locally. In, in the local market, couldn't shoot on shows, couldn't shoot on cameras 35mm is what the big shows were shooting overseas. Yeah. And here we were stuck on Digibeta or 16mm sometimes. But even that is a very temperamental format to shoot on and um so yeah so the the cameras keep evolving every year and now there's this whole new generation of camera stabilizers and miniaturization of cameras that i've just sunk quite a bit of um, investment into just to stay dynamic and to get new looks with material and stay nimble and 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 try and push the look of things the look of shows while still working within the thing that doesn't change, which is the time allocation mm-hmm. that we've got for it. And the budget doesn't change either. So the technology's becoming more... It's, it, the technology's becoming cheaper because it's all mass-produced now. Mm. And um, you know, it's gone through its, through its R&D stage, so you don't have to pay for all of that. And, yeah, it's, it's really exciting because there's a lot of stuff, remote-controlled things. Okay. Let's just say that. It doesn't really say much at all, does it? Oh, it says it's got a remote control on it. A lot of things don't. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I've got some really dumbass acting questions. Okay. How the hell do you act crying and make it convincing? I can't imagine how anyone could. How do you do that? Um, Well, I guess you have to be crying. Are you okay? (laughs) Oh, yeah. But they can't shoot your dog. And every scene where you have to cry, how do you how do you make yourself cry? Oh well, um, empathy. I guess it's having empathy for what your character's going through, and then consciously 
concentrating on, on that? Or I, I mean, that lip quiver that you can't you can't fake a lip quiver. You're <laughs> wanting to cry. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you can. can. I? Um, yeah, or you. I mean, you can have a have a relationship with your own sadness and what moves me. I find music really helpful. I'll often stick in my headphones and just kind of tune out of mm. extraneous energy and tune into what's going on in my internal landscape. Yeah, sometimes it's harder than others, though. Absolutely, if mm. if it's if, if um, Prince has just died. No, if David Bowie has just... Was it Prince or David Bowie? It was David Bowie. Oh, one of the biggest scenes of the season. Yeah, it was. The end, the, the end scene, in fact. Or one of the end scenes. <laughs> I better not say that. Um, of the fi- of episode 10 of season two. There's a sunset around there as well. Oh, great sunset, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, and Rita's very emotional. And um, Marty was being very lovely and sensitive, as he always is in those scenes, and just being kind of you know quiet and giving me my space. And I was just in my zone, kind of getting ready. And then we hear, Oh, my God! David Bowie's died <laughs> from outside, and then all the other crew's like, "What? No way! Oh my god!" And the whole place is like, "Oh, really? Oh, no oh. way! Oh, oh no!" Tony's sitting there in the middle of this, what should be a little cocoon. She she stuck with it though. Oh. I did. I was able to stick with it, but it was pretty funny. And but I was like, "I'm so sorry, but there's nothing I can do about that." It's, yeah. So things like that happen. I think they shouldn't fucking know better. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually welled up just a bit, you know. If you, if I decided to let myself go, I could have just then. N- no, oh. um, <laughs> earlier. Go. Earlier, yeah. when I was watching episode five anniversary hug kiss, I love you. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's good. Oh yeah, right. That's okay. the Sundays. Yeah. Didn't you cry haven't in you that? Seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Didn't you cry in it as well? What one did I cry? What did I want to cry? It's you did. Nice I believe I got a message saying, yeah. "Fuck you, bitch." Full stop. <laughs> you made me cry. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> I didn't. I wouldn't call you a bitch. I think you might have, or maybe just "fuck you, you slapper" or something. Oh, <laughs> how do you, um, Joel Tobek told mm. me once uh, what he thought was an acting secret. He says, "If you, if you want to act drunk." Just pretend you're drunk, but try to act sober. Yeah, that's a very good tip. Because when you're drunk, you don't want to seem drunk. Yeah. You're trying to, yeah, act sober, yeah. It's, okay. a, very, it's a very good one. Okay. He <laughs> knows a bloody thing or two, that Joel Tobeck. Whoa, he's really good. He's really good at acting. I love working with him. Pretty twisted. A really genuine <laughs> laugh. I don't think I can pretend to laugh and make it look genuine. How do you do that? Yeah, you know what? That is a thing. It is hard to... to I, Almost as hard, I, I reckon, to do a genuine laugh. Acting is a lot about trying to be really present and av- available to what's going on. So you like you really try to listen specifically to what someone is saying to you. And when you listen so in such a present state, it's sort of like it's happening for the first time. I mean, that's the idea of of acting, uh, making it seem like it's it's unrehearsed. So I think if you are able to be in the context of the scene mm. and really listen, then you're more likely to have an, a spontaneous, organic reaction like that. But um, I don't know. Otherwise, you just try to make it look convincing and hope that it does, I guess. Okay. I Did think you... it was Ep5 that I cried in. Oh, okay. Yeah. You and me too. Yeah. Oh, oh you, oh, you sensitive new age Months guys. <laughs> <laughs> did you take smoking lessons? I did practice, yes. I, um, so you've got to get that right. You really do. Yeah. Yeah, so I smoke honey rose herbal cigarettes because you're, well, obviously smoking You couldn't cigarettes. get fleur. Couldn't get fleur. Oh, fleur. That was, the, that was the number one packet of the 
Uh, glamorous woman of the right. West. Herbal or normal? Normal. Oh, normal. Oh, okay. Right. No, well, they're not cigarettes. Aren't actually that good for you. It turns out. Right. Um, and also, Go but on. but you're not allowed to smoke inside. So you're not. It's, it's against the law to smoke a real tobacco. S- tobacco inside anywhere, and a set is inside. But you can smoke what? Herbal cigarette. Honey rise. But I'm, they're not good either. My tongue goes tingly after a while. Tough on the back drawer, I've heard. Tough on the what? On the back drawer. Oh, the back drawer. Sorry. <laughs> what goes tingly? <laughs> We're with the back what? Anyway, uh, yeah, it does, it's, all, it's not great, I have to say. I try to uh, limit how many drags I have to do yeah. in each scene. And often I'll say, if the shot isn't on me, if it's over my shoulder or, or on someone else, or, you know, do you see me, am I, do you see me smoking in Yes, I, yeah, we always do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see you. Yeah, yeah, you should just do it anyway. It's only on my ankle, Marty. I know, but we'll, we, can, we do see you smoking, so you it's have to smoke. It's about the aura. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know. But, yeah, I, I try to smoke as little as possible. Thanks so much, Antonia, for coming oh, in. Pleasure. Thanks really for doing Really lovely this. to meet you. And you too. Congratulations on a tremendous performance. And, Thank you. And Marty, our viewing experience may well change from here on in. Thank you, Grant. And we'll be able to better appreciate your work. I hope Mr. so. Mr. DOP. That's right. Westside. New Zealand thanks you, Marty. Oh, New right. Zealand thanks you. Thanks <laughs> so much, you cats. Really privileged to oh. um, be able to speak with you. And pod- you. podcast listeners, I hope you've enjoyed it. Cheers.